www.thebeardinsider.com. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, Jeff and Sean. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, we, uh, we've been talking about the spring football camps of all these Pac-12 teams and kind of the, the takeaways, the questions that have yet to be answered. Uh, and Cal is one of these sort of unknown properties or commodities compared to some of the other, maybe the top six teams at least, in the Pac-12 conference. So uh, now with spring football in the rear view, with some of the, the portal questions starting to be answered, what's the next thing for Cal to figure out? I would say Cal probably has more questions than most teams in the Pac-12 right now. You look at last year winning only four games, and it was a, a massive disappointment for both the staff and for fans. So they had some particular areas they needed to really address, and they seem to have effectively handled a lot of that. Um, one was making a change at offensive line. Their offensive line had really been pretty poor for a number of years, and so Angus McClure was replaced with Mike Blash, who's been a very successful offensive line coach and offensive coordinator with North Texas. So that that started to pay big dividends. The line looked a lot better in the spring, and they're bringing in a bunch of portal guys. They have one top signee right now, and it looks like they could bring in as many as three to four top 15 portal offensive line transfers, so that would immediately help that group. Also, the offense has really been stuck in the mud for the last couple of years under Bill Musgrave, and they made a change there, bringing back Jake Spavadol, who was at Cal in 2016 and led them to a, a top-20 offense then. So that um, that should pay big dividends, too. They have a lot of weapons on offense, and, and he's got a lot of creative ways to get these guys the ball. And uh, last, they made a change of quarterback. Jack, Jack Plummer was pretty solid last year, but Spavadol really likes to see mobile quarterbacks and they brought in maybe the fastest quarterback in the, the country in in uh, Sam Jackson. He's a guy though that isn't very experienced so we don't really know what we're going to get until we see him playing with live bullets next year. Defense was retooled too with a lot of transfers and a lot of defensive linemen that were out last season coming back so it's going to have a very different look this year compared to last year for sure. Part of the, the offensive design that I'm, I'm hoping to see more of, I think they will have this, is explosive plays, right? They kind of just lack explosive plays, even in the run game as well, not just so much in the pass game. So do you think now with with Jackson quarterback, with some of the new uh, wide receivers, with hopefully an improved offensive line, new play caller, we'll see some of that explosive play element back in the offense? Yeah, I mean, as bad as the offense was last year, there were some explosive plays, more more so in the, than in the previous year or two, but I expect to see that improve. One of the philosophies that Spavito brings is, look, we're not going to be so rigid with the scheme and with the patterns. If you're covered, break it off and, and Sam will hit you. And, and Jackson, he's a guy that if he sees a lane... I mean, he could score at any time. He's that fast. If you see any of his running highlights from TCU, lightning quick, and he's got really, really good instincts. He doesn't take a, a big hit most of the time, and he's very elusive. So between them and Jade Knott coming back, who's got home run hitting ability too, and a couple of the transfer portal guys they can't, brought, brought in at running back and some more at receiver, yeah, they have a lot of different ways they can strike quickly and you know put up 20-plus per yard plays that really can be the difference in being a good offense and just an average to poor one. Jim McGill is our guest here, Cal Football Insider, talking about the outlook for 2019-2020. 
2023 for this Cal football team. So uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they've had you know their their problems even under a defensive minded head coach. You you've had some injuries, some bad luck on that front. Uh, now you lose one of your best players to the draft. Uh, do return some talent, but defensively, what does this team need more than anything else? The defensive line was really kind of a mess last year because they had so many first or second st- string guys out, and supposedly all those guys are back healthy. The key to that is Brett Johnson. He's a guy that can can take up two blockers on any given play and free up uh, a lot of other guys to do things. Um, Stanley McKenzie is a very effective nose guard that was out all of last season. He his father passed away and he was back home. Um, those guys are those guys are back, and uh, you've got some other guys that are supposed to be in the rotation, like Achilles Calhoun and Derek Wilkin. So that's an immediate injection of quite a bit more talent. So when they didn't have a rush last year, and they had young defensive backs, they had to play a lot of zone. And when you don't have a pass rush and you play zone, you're not going to be a very effective defense. You're bend but not break, and you bend too often. Um, now they brought in some very effective portal guys and uh, at cornerback Noel Williams is a guy that has NFL future written all over him he came in from UNLV a two-year starter Kalen Moore was a starter at Colorado he came in at cornerback too Uh, they just brought in um, McMorris who is the brother of Malik McMorris, a Cal fan favorite from five years ago. He was a two-time all-conference first-team guy. Uh, so he'll be joining with with um, Craig Woodson at safety, who's another guy that looks like a future NFL guy. So their defensive backfield, night and day different. They're going to play a lot of aggressive man coverage. Um, so I think shoring up those two areas is going to create a much more aggressive defense that's more turnover-oriented, and they're going to look a lot better than they, they did last year. Definitely top half of the pack on defense. Let's talk about Brett Johnson, who um, you know has first-round talent, but just has been hurt for the last couple of years. He's back now again. Um, is his health? Is, is he ready to play? And kind of what impact do we have on you know kind of one defensive lineman like him have on the defense? Well, you just don't see a lot of defensive linemen, especially a defensive end, that are as strong as this guy. He picks up big offensive linemen and suplexes them. You just don't see that in the in Power Five ball at all. Super, super strong. And most guys would not come back from a broken hip and a moped accident and an ACL like him. But he's like superhuman. He was walking normally within months of surgery, uh, but they kept him out of the spring because there's really no reason to push a guy like him. Um, you can't count on a guy who's missed two seasons but if anybody can come back and come back at at full strength or near it it's a guy like him he he can penetrate he can occupy double double teams um, he can shed blocks like nobody you've seen He, he if he's a guy that the nfl is convinced will stay healthy will definitely have a future there jim mcgill for a few more minutes here on pac 12 today um justin wilcox one of the more I think fascinating stories in the Pac-12 conference, especially given the fact that he was he was offered at his alma mater. He decided to stick to his commitment with Cal. Cal kind of renewed their commitment in him, and we we still have yet to see ideal results on the field. The, the relationship between coach, athletic director, administration, kind of like his place in the department right now. 
given the fact that he has a healthy salary, given the fact that you know, all parties seem to feel he's the right guy, but we haven't seen the win-loss column numbers that you would like to see yet. How is Justin Wilcox's tenure going at Cal? You, you can't really feel too good about the tenure. I mean, when he came in, he did some nice things the first season and fell a little bit short of qualifying for a bowl game. The next season, they went 8-5 and five and, and beat Illinois in the Red Box Bowl. So it looked like the trajectory was good. 2020 really interrupted that. They, um, they ended up not doing well in that four-game season. And then the last two seasons have been very disappointing. So Cal fans are getting a little frustrated. They feel like he's set the right culture, he's got the right coaches, and now he's getting the right players. So there is some optimism, particularly based on what they're doing in the portal, both in the, the first period and this later period, and who they're likely to add in the next week. So people are really on the fence there. I mean, he's got a really long-term contract. He's got, I think, five more years, four minimum, and it's all guaranteed. Um, so you're really not looking at a change after this season, but if this is not a winning season and really a bull season, I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of real frustration, especially after bringing in all these guys they're bringing in and bringing in the new coaches. How do you how do you fail in that situation and still feel good about a staff? Um, but what should the expectations be? I think this is an important discussion to have when it comes to the landscape of, of, of the sport now, right? Because you know, certain schools have certain resources to be able to get transfer portal kids, to get top-level recruits. And, you know, Cal's just not able to do that for, for, for various reasons. So to me, yeah, like six, seven, eight wins, maybe on a great year, nine wins. Like, that feels like you're going to be sort of fighting for a bowling season as sort of the average year for the Bears. Am I, am I wrong to think that? Well, I think the equation has really changed quite a bit with the the NIL program that they've set up. In the past, I think you're largely correct unless they can figure out a way to start some momentum like they did in in 04 and build on it. But right now, the they're showing that if they can fight on a level playing field in terms of NIL, that they can bring in a lot of good players and they already have and they they're set to to bring in probably 3 or 4 or 5 more impact guys in the next week or so. So that equation's really changed quite a bit. So now we're about to see with Cal playing without being shackled by their typical limitations, what can they do now that the playing field is more level? I think anything less than 7 wins this season and, and Personally, I, I kind of think eight is is a failure based on how they've set themselves up right now. Uh, I alluded to the uh, the draft earlier in this conversation. And Daniel Scott got drafted, great player, and you know <clears throat> it, it's one. Cal is one of those teams that if you go and find that list of NFL players by school, Cal is one of the I think surprising institutions where. Even though the results haven't been there on the field as of late, they still have a ton of guys, active guys, on NFL rosters. And while this wasn't a particularly strong year draft-wise or even undrafted free agent-wise for Cal, there's still a pipeline coming through there. Uh, there's still a proud history and proud alum that uh, talk about it, be about it all the time in Berkeley. How crucial is that, uh, the continuation of that, to Cal improving and actually getting more wins on the field? There's no question that they've been able to capitalize on the brand that they've built. It's the Aaron Rodgers locker room. You've got um, 
Cameron Jordan, who's one of the top 100 NFL players. You've got Marshawn Lynch. So many guys that have come through and not just played in the NFL, but have had an impact. And they're kind of around the program, too, so they're visible. But if you have too long a window of period, and it's getting to be a fairly long window now between impact players and where you are at this point in time, it loses its cachet. Now, this last season, they only had three guys that were out of eligibility, so it wasn't going to be a big draft. But I think we're going to see in subsequent seasons, maybe not quite this next one, but the one following it especially, you're going to see four, five, six guys go in the draft, and some of them are going to be impact guys. So I, I, I really think that that can give them an added boost to compete in a very competitive market out there with the Pac-12 uh, or whatever the current iteration is going to be after this year, be con continuing to add high-profile guys that are making an impact in the NFL too. We've talked a lot about kind of the future of, of, of the conference. Is there any concern at Cal that they might be kind of left behind in a new version of, of college football? I think you have to have some level of concern until you have more clarity on where things are going. I think the general consensus is that most feel that the remaining 10 teams are going to hold together and there's going to be enough of a TV contract and by enough I mean like 40 million plus to hold the 10 teams together and to bring in like a San Diego State or a SMU. I know Oregon and Washington always have an eye on the big Big Ten and that may make sense for both them and the Big Ten to expand and make a move but I, I think if I were to bet right now that it would go more like the former than the latter. If the Big Ten does expand, I don't think they would stop at adding two teams. I think that they would probably go with a six-team pod. And if that were to happen, I think they'd want the Bay Area market with Cal and Stanford. But I do think sticking together and, and cobbling together a good enough contract to keep people happy is probably the most likely outcome. Right. so with all this in mind, everything we've talked about, and we can wait. When we talk to you next, before the season, you can always modify this because we'll have new portal news and things like that. But what's a successful year in Berkeley this year? Do they have to make a bowl game? I really think so. I mean, I don't think that that was realistic before the portal changes, but the guys they brought in in the the first period and the guys they're in the process of bringing in right now, those are game changers. They're, they're bringing in no less than five or six or seven starters and the rest being two deep guys. I, I don't see how you can you can look at a year that's any less than seven wins and say that I'm comfortable with that. And it's really hard to predict what they're going to do because we need to see how it's going to shake out with this last week or two of portal movement. We need to see how um, Jackson adjusts at quarterback. There's, there's a lot of question marks out there. So I don't think any fans are super bullish, but we see a lot of ingredients out there that are being put in place that are setting them up for success. So I think a lot will be known in fall camp that's not known right now. One of the more interesting stories to develop in the Pac-12 conference. Keep an eye on Cal football. Jim McGill will be doing that for us. We'll rely on him. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, guys.